It's Star Wars, Star Wars, Star Wars, and probably some Star Wars. This is Hashtag General. Let's switch it up, James. Let's go. <laughs> All right. Welcome to Hashtag General. I'm your host, Logan Studley, and of course, always my other host, Chris Akamura. Sorry, we missed the last uh, episode. Uh, stuff happened. James yeah. James went to, like, I jokingly called it the Nerd Broadcast Convention because he was at NAB. Okay. Getting to see all the cool stuff that gets shown off there. You had to be in San Diego for uh, work uh, with UCLA. So. I, I did. It was, um, a, it was a good time, though. I had a good time. Yeah, and I am just lazy and didn't want to do an episode all by myself. So uh, a one man show, a one man show. I it would have been interesting because the one maniest aspect of the show would have been just me, like no one behind the scenes with the camera, no one like. It would have just been. That's when you me. need a stream deck, and you can just hit buttons. I've thought about getting one, but it's it's a game changer. It, I I've thought about getting it, especially for like times where like we're. Because the big thing with NAB, first off, from like the film production geek aspect of me, as much as I call it the nerd broadcast convention, there's a part of me that wishes I could go um, or would want to spend the money, had the disposable income to buy a pass. Sure. So there's the fact that James can go also, I th- like, because James, your dad's a broadcast engineer for at a radio station. So it's also get to meet up with his dad. So we knew about it. And I was just like... Oh yeah, that's the same weekend. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> so even even if I was able to make it, it still would have been interesting. It still would have been fun. But did because... you watch at all what I threw up? Yes, I did. Where it's just me because it was the if you haven't watched it, it was after the it was the broadcast we did the day of the Oscars, and it was just me and James basically goofing off for twenty minutes, and then he started asking me questions about. Oscar stuff, stuff. Oscar, Oscar stuff, and so it was it was kind of fun, but uh, yeah, no, it's been a, actually been a good few weeks for me. So got a that's good. Can't really. I you have a new toy. I have a new toy. I got uh, my first client at work. That's mine and my own. I can't really discuss too many right. details so at the moment, awesome. but it's still it's always, it's been a, a, very, it's always a rewarding. Feeling. Yeah, it's been a very good few weeks for me. So let's just. Want to just dive in? Yeah, sure. All right, James, let's just switchly go into tech. So tell me about this new toy. Okay. So the last time we had been live, I was having the dilemma, dilemma, sure. air quotes, dilemma, uh, over what iPad to get. Yeah. So what do I want? The the, yeah, I went with the Pro. I was originally debating between the Air and the Pro. And basically what happened was I went into the Apple store because I was like, I want to see this. I want to physically touch the iPad Air before I make a decision. I picked it up. I looked at it. I played with it. And I'm like, this is the iPad I'm going to get. But I should probably check out the Pros again just to be safe. I walk over, I pick one up, and I'm like, okay, this is done. <laughs> like, I'm like, right. it's done. I just, it's so nice in the feel in the hand that right. it just... Immediately, I was like, okay, you know what? I've been saving for a while. I'm like, I can, I financially am in a place where I can take care of this and it's not going to be a burden. I'm going to just go for it. Right. So I went for it and no regrets. No, did you do any, uh, like 12 months, no interest, no payments? Um, to do that, I would have to do it through like the Apple Barclay yeah, card, which card. we'll go into Apple stuff here in a sec, which who knows if it's going to exist soon. But I've done that before and it, it's, 
worked out very well for me. I've heard really good things about it. That's something that's probably like more of a, I'm going to do a computer purchase with that in oh, the future. Oh, right. With a bigger, bigger purchase. With a bigger, bigger purchase. This I actually got through T-Mobile. Oh, okay. Because T-Mobile, the way they do it is you basically, you make a down payment and then you are paying monthly installments with no interest right. until on it's paid off bill, right? on my phone bill. Right. So this means I also have like on my commute, I have access to my email, I have access to the internet, right. so I can read the news, I can play a game, I can That's awesome. do all sorts of stuff. It's congratulations. Just, That's yeah. Insane. No, it's I, I keep t- I've told people, and I don't think anyone's believed me when I've said there's an iPad size hole in my workspace right. and how I my how I want stuff to work in terms of just writing and video editing and right. content creation and putting it into that space has been nice as as I've been able to do more and more stuff while on the go. Has it become routine at this point? Has it become sort of? Is it something that you're still kind of? Oh yeah, I can do that now. There's a bit of, oh, yeah, I can do that now with some things. There's also a couple times where you run into it where you discover, oh, hey, I was going to totally do this thing. You discover the app is only iPhone. And you're just like, really, guys, can you not make right. a universal app? Like Squarespace. Like Instagram. Like Instagram. Because I actually <laughs> use for – because I do social media for um, the client I'm working for. And so I have all their social media stuff on my iPad. So that way I don't accidentally tweet from my phone. Right. Um, I do the same thing. Yeah. So I, I keep – so my personal accounts are for the most part not on my iPad. But pulling up the Instagram app on here is such a pain in the butt. Yeah. Just because it automatically just throws it into portrait mode. And I'm like, I'm working in landscape. Right. And it's just like, no – Stupid Instagram. And you, have to, you have to enlarge it. You have to enlarge it's, it. Just it's one. Squarespace does the same thing, and you'd think Squarespace because they're tr- they're a they are our host that we use for quality free. Right. It's what I use for Stoodlemeyer.com and all that stuff. You'd think they'd have an iPad app for mobile, but because it's all web dev stuff, and it's just like nope. It's like okay, whatever. What a but, weird company to be behind on that. I know. You'd think they'd be all over it. So there's like a few weird hiccups there. One of the things I am exploring with this, um, and this might be a hint for stuff I'm working on, is I found out Ferrite, which is an audio editing application that has Logic Pro level features, but only costs 30 bucks on the iPad. It's actually used by professional podcasters for some of their audio work. And so I'm working out a workflow for that for stuff. That I've already talked about. It's not really a secret, but lights, camera, reaction sometime soon. Right. Maybe. We'll figure it out. <laughs> um, the return. The return. Um, so it's it's just been nice. Like, I have our note for, the pod, for this broadcast going on. I have chat in another window. And then I have Twitch in a third one so I can... Because Twitch has changed stuff to where I can no longer upload the final version of the video. I can only reshare the broadcast to right. keep it up there. I have Twitch open here so I can auto add like highlights. So that way when I go into Twitch, I can just basically be like, Oh, all this stuff is already done. I just have to be like, yes, I want to make this a full thing. So it's, it's nice. And there's still more stuff I'm working on, but it's, it's exciting. It's exciting. It's what a, are you looking, what are you looking to do next? Are you doing a, like a smart case? Are you doing the, uh, I, are you doing a pencil? I have a pencil. Okay. It's not on it right now just because I was like, eh, look, it's more of a one more thing for people to stare at on screens. Right. I just, it's not on the magnetically held here. So I have the pencil. I actually, to go into um, gaming for a bit, 
um, our friend Jeff is DMing like really quick D and D sessions for our game group. So on like Monday nights, we will do like a two hour session sure. and he had drawn like a rough map that we could use on. And I was like, I got this new device and I got this new iPad. I drew a map right. based off his map and it looks pretty damn awesome. That's awesome. Uh, so it's just finding new means of exploring creativity is always something that I want to endeavor to do. And this is helping me endeavor to do that. So, hey. It's exciting, man. Yeah. Congratulations. But in more tech stuff, we – the last time we were live, it was right talk before the Galaxy Apple – Galaxy Fold? Are we talking about Galaxy Fold? I want to talk about Galaxy <laughs> Fold. But let's just – I want to do a quick rundown. We'll go uh, – I think – actually, let's start with the Fold and we'll go into Apple's event later. Sure. I think, honestly, it's a two-sentence statement of, oh, shit, why did you release it is – I think that's the summary – so, I think it's super cool tech. It's a cool idea. I see. I, yeah, I think it's a super cool. I think it's super cool tech. I don't understand who or like for what purpose you need the Galaxy Fold. I, uh, I think the idea that say I could take this iPad and, and I could fold, fold it, it in half and put it in your pocket and put it in my pocket sounds. I mean, you could probably do it with like an iPad mini size device, but not the iPad Pro. Well, like the Fold has like a mini, almost an iPad mini size screen. Yeah. So it's nice, I guess, that they found a way to make a tablet more portable. Right. But it doesn't look good when the Verge's review unit breaks from just regular usage. Right. CNET's unit breaks just from regular usage. This isn't the whole thing that happened with like Marquis Brownlee or... Or a bunch of or other tech reviewers where they weren't told by Samsung, oh hey, that plastic cover on the display is actually part of the display. Because yeah. if you look at pictures, it looks like the plastic film that will come on a device. Yeah. And so they had gone to rip it off and they damaged the display and they're like, what the? And it's like Samsung's like, oh no no no, it's part of the display. But they had given no warning. There was nothing right. like when you turned on the display of hey, leave this on here. So a bunch of review units got broken. But on top of that, the reviewed units from people who didn't break it still ended up breaking. Right. Like, that's a failure rate of 100% right now. Right. That's not good for a device that costs almost 2000 bucks. Right. And like, and then so Unbox Therapy did a video as well. I don't know if you saw this one where he uh, – Lou opened it a 1,000 a times. Oh, So he, he opened and closed it a 1,000 times. So uh, there's like – I guess a warning in there or a, a usage thing in there about how uh, it's covered up to a It's like one of those things, you know, it's like the throwaway line of like, you can open it a thousand times without any kind of damage or whatever. I would right? open it like four or five times a day. Right. So uh, on average, people look at their phones or open and close their phones about 80 to 100 times a day. Yeah. Just like out of my pocket, open, check. And then down. So you can't really do it with the fold to its fullest extent because the screen is so small on the outside. Or not small, but it's not a full size. It's not a, the kind of screen you would be using on a regular basis. So if you want to send a text message or do anything else, like if you actually wanted to use the phone other than just to check something, you really would need to open the fold. Yeah. So even if you knock that number down to about 50, you're still talking about that only being, being maybe like 20 days of use. So Lou opened and closed it a thousand times. Did it break? And around, no, but around maybe like seven to eight hundred, you could see a visible crease. 
in the screen. That seems to be just like the universal story here. Right. Is after a, like a non insignificant, like a and relatively in the grand scheme of things, an insignificant amount of usage, it breaks. Yeah, and I'm not I'm not saying it breaks per se. Because when he opened the screen and the screen was on, you can't see the cre- the crease disappears when the screen is fully folded out. Yeah, but it's when he starts to fold it back and the screen turns off, you can visibly see a crease start to form in there as he closes it and opens it. And of course, again, once you open it fully, it spreads all the way out, and the crease is gone. And the screen, the light, kind of takes away from the the backlighting, yeah. kind of takes away from the crease, right? But again. This should be happening on this device. I know. After like what seems like maybe 10 to 20 days of use. It's bad. It's not a good look for Samsung right now. No. Um, after their, their last phone exploded. Or what, what, how many <laughs> that, phones ago was that? The Note 7? Like that's like what, two or three notes ago? Yeah. If that, where you where I literally had your devices banned from airplanes because they would blow up. Now you not in a good a, way too. No, yeah, <laughs> shit's not lit. <laughs> well, no, well, it's it literally lit. But the fact that this device, people basically like the Verge is like, this is a cool idea, but we can't recommend it. Like after a month's usage, the thing is going to be broken in some way, shape, or yeah. form. I'm cu- I'm concerned about the hinge strength as well. The hinge strength does not see. It seems like what you would see on a 3ds, which is not the strongest thing. Now, be fair, my 3DS hinges are fine, but I don't open it as much as my phone. Yeah, also, the hinge isn't part of the display on the 3DS. No. Like, to where, yeah, the hinge could, like, degrade over time on the 3DS. It's not going to damage the screen. No, like, I could see, I could totally see a situation where the locking mechanism that locks that hinge into place breaks or loosens, and then now your phone's all wobbly. Yeah, that's... being used. Apparently, The Verge, they sent back the review unit to Samsung and was like, hey, please tell us what went wrong just so we know. Yeah. Because that was one of their theories is what if, like, the locking mechanism that's supposed to keep it in place broke? Because it apparently started puncturing, going, like, bulging up through the screen and eventually just broke it. And it's just like, this is a review unit of a device that's coming out, what, the 23rd? Yeah, soon. It's, this is like, this is stuff that you should have found in testing. Or you show it off at CES of, hey, this is our cool new idea of foldable tech, and then you don't release it. Yeah. But uh, it's, it's... I don't uh, know. It's releasing in two days, which means it's already in the hands of stores. Stores oh have God. it in the back room. I wonder like how... It's, do- it's done. Like, you can't recall those units now. I wonder how many places, though. Like, I can see some stores being like, do we really want to put this out? Because I can imagine the return nightmare that it would be. Oh, yeah. So, I, yeah, I... To be fair, though, you have to deal with it as an employee, but, again, not too big of a deal. Like, you just send it back to Samsung. It's all Sam- it's on yeah. Samsung. It's all point, on right? Samsung. Like, it's going to be under warranty. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Way to go, Samsung. Uh, let's just do a quick rundown of the Apple Showtime event because we... Weren't... We were totally wrong. Well, actually, we, we did talk about how it could just be services. And it was just services, but I, I remember everyone was like, ta- I, I think my summary on it, because a bunch of the tech press is like, what the hell was this? I'm like, this is a really awkward TCA presentation. So if you're not in entertainment, the TCAs are literally where all the studios and networks run all the press through their shows 
as a, hey, look at this thing that's coming out soon. And that's basically everything Apple did. And it was kind of underwhelming. Like, there are good things in here. I think the fact more of the details that have come out about Apple Arcade after the event, I think, are good signs because it's basically Apple's doing what I have said they've needed to do, which is they're starting to become more of a publisher in games, which means that we might actually see decent quality mobile games. But everything else from Apple Card through... Like, the only thing that was alive that day was Apple News. Yeah. And that was because they were... It was because they had bought Texture, and so they could just implement it by flicking a switch. And the to be totally honest, the interface on Apple News needs work, so it doesn't really work that well. But everything else in an un-Apple-like fashion is coming at a later date with no actual date defined. Yeah, and it was just over... Over overall underwhelming. It was just sort of a thing of and that Oprah intro. Yeah. Oh my god. I mean, it was just stuff where it was like, okay, they're obviously ramping to something, and then they continued to ramp, and then nothing. Right. It was just like a thing of, okay, they're ramping to something. They're ramping to something that's going to use all this stuff. They're ramping up to something where it's like this is going to blow our minds, and it's like no, no. So there's a part of me that wonders if. There's, I saw one bit of analysis where they argued that this presentation wasn't for the tech press or even the entertainment press, but it was for Wall Street to be like, because to be like Tim Cook's little way of saying, no, look, this is all the things we're working on to make money. The iPhone isn't it. Right. Which is like, okay, I get it. But literally, that could have been, all the keynote was the week a, before. It could have been in a press release. Yeah. All this stuff could have been in a press release. Like, it would have been better for them to get ahead of and release all of this stuff in press releases and newsletters and like uh, articles and then do all their tech updates in this. Yeah, I, I agree. I think I think they thought it was going to be bigger than it was and it right. was kind of a dud. But and even, even though this is sort of the newer thing and like the tech updates weren't really a big deal, they would have gotten a better reaction doing the tech right. updates here than they would have. I'm I'm still hopeful for a bundle of services of music, news, Apple TV, and all that. Had, but that's something I now think if it does happen, it's not till September. Yeah, and even if they announce all that stuff, even if they had announced all that stuff in a bundle, I don't think that would have changed the outlook of this entire. No, like they, their main competition right now is going to be they need to get out ahead of Disney Plus. Right. Yeah. So like, let's let's talk about that, James. Let's switch it up. We're going over to TV because I do have. They, a, they do need to get out ahead of Because to me, Plus. Disney Plus is going to break the whole market. Like It's going to change the whole thing. But here's where I think Apple has an advantage that other people have overlooked, where Disney has hinted this is where they want to go. This is where Netflix is, and HBO is kind of here too. As much as everyone's being very dismissive of Apple TV, because we feel like we still haven't seen anything to make you subscribe, the big advantage Apple TV has is it is global. NBC Universal has hinted that they're going to do a streaming service. Warner is going to do a streaming service. You have all these streaming services that are only going to be bound to the arbitrary geography of the United States. Because of that, their market is the three hundred million dollar or three hundred million dollar the three hundred million people in the United States. Right. The one hundred and twenty five million households that'll be making decisions over whether or not to subscribe. Apple is playing to the seven billion people internationally netflix is also playing there so when everyone ever 
people talk about, oh my God, I can't believe Netflix is spending $7 billion on content. People forget that they're spending $7 billion on international content. Right. And in the grand scheme of things, that's not that expensive compared to how much you spend just on domestic content creation. They are performing on a global scale. Apple, they're becoming... In some ways, I think this makes them a bigger player than people realize just because they are aiming at a larger market than just the United States. Sure. But I think you're right. Disney is flipping over the table. Right. Well, Disney, Disney threw the kitchen sink at, at this entire thing. Oh, um, I don't think they just threw the kitchen sink. I think they threw the kitchen sink and then were like, hey, is there anything else in the kitchen we right. should throw in here? The Grab the fridge. Grab like, the fridge. They're, they're, just they're throw it. Everything. Right? Like the, the amount of original content and top t- what what seems like top tier original content is and absolutely the, insane and they basically have said they're no longer going to have the fabled disney vault right there's just disney plus simpsons is going to be on disney plus all this all this content disney plus 699 yes. this is the thing i've said before if i'm on t-mobile and because of t-mobile is on plans and pro how they do stuff they're paying for my netflix right if that was not happening the moment disney plus was out i would have immediately dropped netflix because i sit there and i look at the content i watch on netflix and so much of it is disney already and then on top of it am i really willing to pay 12 to 14 bucks a month for stranger things and that's it. Right. I, I can resub and then cancel the sub for shows that I really want to see. Right. So I I think this is this is definitely a strike at Netflix. Right. I mean, it's to me it's the original content. Nothing on any other streaming service right now matches the amount of and maybe this is just us as like comic book and, and Star Wars nerds, right? Like this is different, but the breadth of content that they're put that Disney's putting out or planning on putting out is absolutely insane. There's, yeah. there's four MCU related shows. There's an MCU cartoon. There's the Mandalorian, which is coming out on launch. There's another star Wars show on the way. Uh, there's yeah, there's clone wars, which we don't have a release date yet, but yeah. that's going there there. Yeah, and then there's the rogue one prequel that yeah. has Diego Luna and Alan Tudyk is returning. Yeah. as So, so there is a lot just from being like the geek nerd aspect of wanting to sub. It's the same strategy. I think CBS used by bringing star Trek first to CBS all access. Yeah. The problem is all CBS all access had was star Trek. The moment it was done, everyone's like, why am I still subbing to this? I really don't care about NCIS. Right. And, and I think that's kind of, and people say the same thing about HBO go, but HBO, HBO has a really good lineup of content that's on HBO. There's you Westworld, you have Game of Thrones, Game of Thrones. Of course, Ballers, which I think is super underrated. Ballers is good. I still need to actually sit down and watch it. But then you also have True Detective. Right. Basically, you name a show on HBO and it's either getting accolades, has accolades, or is in the running for accolades. Right. You get HBO, you know the programming you're watching is going to be high quality and you can't say the same thing of Netflix. Right. Netflix will throw money at you and be like, "Yay, we got content." And it's and it's hit or miss. Like again, it's it's yeah. not always good. And I think Netflix is really understanding that and starting to put more into more thought into their content. Yeah, um, or the content that they're picking up or funding. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm super excited. And again, as someone that has a daughter, I'm 
all of the Disney content for nine for seven bucks is like insane to me. We even have a launch date with that. It's what November fifteenth. Yeah, it's 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 in November at some point. Yeah, it's. I know I'm binging the Mandalorian that day. I am. Well, I guess I don't think they've actually said the release schedule. We just know that it launches that day. Are the and so I guess no, but, here's the question: but Mandalorian on launch, they announced that all of the episodes. I don't know, but they said Mandalorian well, it's at launch. But I, what I mean is, are they going the, are they going the Netflix route or are they, they better. going the Hulu route? They better. They're going to kill me. I kind of actually don't want them to go the Netflix route. I want them to you be. You want them week to week? Because here's what happens like with Game of Thrones, everyone talks about that last episode of Game of Thrones for a week and then the next one drops. Right. I can and see what I would like that with my Star Wars content to be able sure. to sit there and have a conversation about it without being like, what episode are you on? Netflix. Or not Netflix, Disney, you're watching. Don't listen to this madman. Just give me all the Mandalorian. Just. Press credentials. Like, it would be like, hey, Disney, I'm press. I need to see some screeners. I need to see seven, first seven episodes of The Mandalorian. <laughs> There's only seven episodes. I, I need to see the first seven episodes of The Mandalorian. All first seven episodes. <laughs> that, but, you saw that clip they showed at, at Celebration, right? I haven't. I know it's late, it's but I haven't watched it incredible. It's... <laughs> the moment... Like, it's I everything watching, I wanted. Uh, we'll, we'll go into this in a sec. But... Yeah, I think Disney Plus, it's it's going to be a game changer in streaming that, n- honestly, if you had been paying attention, isn't that surprising. Right. But it's, I think, it, as much as we can talk about how Netflix is synonymous with streaming, uh, there's only so much willing, people are willing to spend. And yeah. Disney's a surefire success if with so many people. That if it starts coming down to which ones am I subscribing to, and your options are HBO, Disney Plus, Apple TV, and Netflix, yeah, and you can only pick two, Netflix is getting the short end of the stick, and Apple probably is too. So it's anyway. To be to be fair, CBS like CBS All Access is probably going to keep getting my money because Star Trek is so good. I, I, I keep hearing really good things about Discovery, <laughs> and I think at some point I'm going to download it, sign up with an email that may or may not be my main email, and then just binge. Just binge it, because, like, again, season one takes a minute to get going, uh, and then once you get into it, it's awesome, and then season two picks up right from there, and like kids are going It's like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? Yeah. Like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you've watched the first kind of half of it, and you're like, eh, and then it the the winter, the winter like, soldier the winter soldier turn happens and then it's and just then, like it's a kick in the pants and everything is just on fire yeah um but then it keeps ramping as the seasons go like that's what that's the feeling i got from from discovery so okay I th- i'm gonna it's totally worth it it's on my to watch list it's I, I like star trek enough that i know eventually i will watch it it's just I it's, think one of those, it's one of those shows where it started out in the background for me and like and then at some point, I was like, oh, I, actually, this is super interesting. Let me stop. I think, And then I, I just kept watching. Part of the problem, too, is this is something – I remember who I was talking to, and they were shocked when I told them this, that it is a CBS All Access title because CBS All Access is – this is the whole global domestic aspect of streaming struggle. Right. CBS All Access is the United States host of Discovery. Everywhere else except maybe Canada, it's Netflix. Right. And that's kind of frustrating. <laughs> and super awkward. Um, but, yeah, it's 
I'm gonna I'm gonna get on it. It's it's one I want to watch. And the moment the Picard show hits, I'm probably gonna sub for the duration of that show and then cancel. Right. Um. But final thing in TV before we finally get into the real deep stuff of Star Wars Celebration. Sure. Any thoughts on the Game of Thrones premiere? Other than, oh man, Bran was like, <laughs> Bran had it dialed in. So that that was like kind of the big meme. So I watched it by myself because Jenny, uh, my wife goes to bed real early because she works at 4 a.m. So she's not able to stay up late and like watch stuff with me. So I, of course, had to wait until my daughter went to bed to go watch. So I was like, sit and watch it and focus. So uh, she went to bed. They both went to bed. And so I watched it by myself and I loved it. And then uh, when she, the next day, was like, hey, let's watch Game of Thrones together. Okay, okay, great. Put Samantha to bed. And then we watched it. And the whole episode, I was sitting next to her. And like right before anything happened, I'd be like, so that happened, right? Then Bran! <laughs> and so it's just like the shot of Bran like staring at everyone, right? Because he does it to like, every character in that episode. And so it's just like, hey, honey, guess what? Bran! <laughs> <laughs> and so like at a certain point, she leaned over to me and she's like, you need to stop. Because it's, <laughs> it's ruining my experience of watching this episode. <laughs> um... I think my favorite thing was where he was sitting outside and Sam walks up on to um, walks upon him and he's like, Oh hey, what are you what are you doing here? Oh, waiting for a friend. I'm like, Oh, that's kinda nice. He's waiting for Sam because they're the yeah. two that know the secret about John. And then that whole John reveal thing, the reveal to John happens. Yeah. And I'm like, oh da, da. and then the end of the episode, Jamie, Jamie shows, shows up. up. I'm yeah. like, oh, this is the friend. Yeah. Bran has basically been camped out for two days. Yeah. Because he's like Jamie's going to get off his horse right there and he's going to turn and he's going to see me. <laughs> it's just like on some level, he's like, yeah, three-eyed raven. But on some other level, he's just a troll. It's awesome. I love it. And and the thing is like he, it, he gives every character this death stare. And my favorite line of the whole episode is where uh, Sam's t- Sam's telling, j- revealing the secret to John and he goes, I have, I have a septum diary and Bran has... Whatever brand has. <laughs> it's it's so it's brilliant. It's so good. Oh god. I was very excited. But I mean I'm I'm curious because the episodes ramp up from here. So the first two episodes I think are an hour. And Actually, then it goes 80, 80, and like Like we start I think um the last two episodes are about a hundred minutes, I think. Yeah, so they ramp but it ramps up, right? So it gets to like these first two are really about setting up chess pieces. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I'm I'm curious of where they go from here. So obviously, obviously the battle for Winterfell probably starts at episode three. Yeah. Um, and the way that the preview looked from last from last week's episode and the, preview for this week's episode. Yeah, my guess is um, um we're gonna get um Dolores Ed. Who can pl- never die, never kill him, <laughs> and uh, Torma Giants Bane uh, are going to show up because they were. Uh, if you don't remember character names, which is pretty much almost everyone who watches Game of Thrones, um, those are the two guys who came across the kid. Right. Also, at the end of the also, my other favorite line is, "My eyes are always blue. <laughs> <laughs> my eyes have always been blue." Oh, so good. God, and yeah, no, I'm. 
I'm interested to see how the season goes out because it feels like this is the first. There's still questions to be answered right. about Game of Thrones, but at the same time, this feels like the season where it's less of a how's this going to play out, and it's starting to feel like oh, this might be the one moment in the entire saga that actually might play out how to archetype. Right, and. Part of me is disappointed in that. Part of me loves the fact that Game of Thrones kind of chain t- takes the fantasy and takes Lord of the Rings and, and flips it on its head, right? Like, part of me loves that. Yeah. Part of me loves that, that George R. R. Martin takes that approach to writing. Um, but then part of me also wants to see a happy ending. And then, yeah. I don't think I'm, I'm very conflicted. I don't like, think we're going to get a happy ending, but I think we're going to get the fantasy archetype of the hero winning. Right. Because that's the thing about Martin specifically that's kind of interesting is as much as he turns archetype on his head, he still plays to archetype. Right. Just not in the way you would expect. Right. Because if it had gone according to the trope, uh, John would have won four seasons ago. Right. Um, And married Danny. Yeah. And it's not playing to that, but it still has the elements of it. Right. So it's that's what makes it fascinating. Then right, and it it goes back to this too. So my dad's not a huge Game of Thrones person. Uh, he watched all of last season with me, kind of peripherally, and then he wants to watch this season. And I've given him a lot of backstory, and like I constantly pause and tell him like, okay, this is what happened. This is what's happening here. And so he asked me the other day of like who I think is going to win, or who I think is going to sit on the throne at the end. And it's one of those things where, and again, like we've we've experienced enough of this stuff to kind of have a good sense. And this is one of the first times where I honestly can't tell you. I could could say, Hey, they're going to go the happy ending or the happy ending where John and Danny rule together on the throne at the end. They, I could also see an ending where Cersei wins at the end. I I could see an ending where it's Sansa. I like this. I could see an ending where it's the night King and yeah, like killing everyone. Like I could see every scenario. The one as much as I think this is going to end with a typical fantasy trope, we're just yeah. not sure which fantasy trope it is right. or who's going to be that hero figure. Right. Or villain. Like it's like, I could see, I could see, I could totally see a moment where then they win the, they win against the night King, they kill the night King and they march down to King's landing to get wiped out by Cersei. Like I could see that yeah. entire thing play out. Yeah, no, it's they're fighting two wars it's just only some of the players have put the big the the war for the throne on pause and then the one other player just hasn't yeah and even Tyrion was gullible enough to think that she right. had and i think jamie showing up is going to be the thing that proves otherwise but that's tonight's episode and i'm excited to see how it goes out i forgot that's tonight I'm, yeah it's tonight okay, great sundays man it's a busy day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, let's let's move on and get into what is probably going to be a four-hour-long conversation uh, about Star Wars. So, James, let's switch it up to Star Wars. So, I, at this point, too, I don't think anyone's watching live. Who knows? That's but, fantastic. Um, <laughs> That's good. I mean, like, why would you waste your time watching this live? <laughs> <laughs> if you do have any thoughts or questions, uh, we do have chat open to where I will actually see it now without having James having to text me last minute or in me missing the text message. So if you do have any thoughts or comments or, or questions about what we're discussing, just... Also, this is the segment to ask questions, Jerry. Oh, yeah. 
this is a segment to ask questions, share your thoughts, because this is going to be the time where you and I can just go off the deep end. Right. Um, this is probably the, other than Marvel Comics, this is probably the section that the both of us are both well versed in and can speak oh, to at length. Yeah. So let's let's just dive in. Do you want to do it from the top in the order I have it? Yeah. Or do you, okay. Whatever you got. All right. Let's go for it. Let's start. So Star Wars Celebration was last weekend. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Star Wars Celebration is a convention that's all about Star Wars. And it's never in the same place. It, they move it from year to year. Next year, it's in Anaheim. We're totally already going. We already know that. We're just figuring out, of course. Logistics. Logistics. But yay, it's in Anaheim. Yeah. Um, it's exciting. So actually, let's let's talk about Celebration as the event in Anaheim just for a moment because I think I've shared this on stream before, but to, again, to share it, one of my biggest regrets for 2015 <laughs> is the fact that Celebration was in Anaheim that year, and that was the year that Force Awakens was coming out where they showed off the trailer and everyone was just like hyped. Right. And I had free passes to WonderCon, and it was like, do I pay 80 bucks? To go to WonderCon or go to Celebration, or do I go to WonderCon for free? Because I was going with my sister, and I had at the time professional credentials with Comic Con International, who runs WonderCon, to where I could go for free and I could bring my sister for free to WonderCon. And she was like, "Well, let's just not pay money." And I immediately, I've regretted it. Free, I still talk oh, about yeah. how I regret that decision. So I already sent her a text message going like, "We're going to Anaheim," right? <laughs> but. So Celebration's big because this is where Lucasfilm just pretty much brings out everything they are showing for the year. So we had stuff from Episode 9, which we now have a title for, The Rise of Skywalker. <sighs> Mandalorian had stuff shown. Clone Wars had stuff shown. Jedi Fallen Order had stuff shown. Galaxy's Edge had stuff shown. It was just... Uh, yeah, they, LucasArts pr- or Lucasfilm pretty much put everything on the table. And said, here's what we got. 2019 is going to be a fantastic year to be a Star Wars Right. And well, even then, just real quickly, they already announced, Kathleen Kennedy talked about how they're doing an Old Republic film. Oh, have they confirmed it's Old Republic? Yeah. We don't know who's doing it. I'm hoping that it's Dan and David doing them. Yeah, I I am thinking Um, when they announced, well, to bit of backstory, Dan and David are Benioff and Wise, the showrunners of Game of Thrones. And HBO has already said that the next show that they had brought to HBO, Confederacy, is on indefinite hold because they are making a Star Wars movie and HBO knows there's a hierarchy in this industry and Star Wars is always on top. Right. Um, The moment they got announced, I thought uh, Old Republic was basically in the cards because we've had hints of Old Republic for a while in some of the expanded stuff. Even with all the Galaxy's Edge stuff, we'll get into it too. There's a lot of hints of Old Republic stuff that they're kind of weaving in. So Old Republic, for anyone that doesn't know, it's sort of the the last major... When you you hear them talk about the last major battle between the Sith and the Jedi, uh, a lot of the times they're referring to the Old Republic... Um, so it's sort of what you would consider ancient time for the Jedi and the Sith. Uh, there's games on it. There's, uh, a series of games by Bioware. There's an MMO by Bioware that, that also is, is set in that time period. So it's very popular. Whenever you hear people talk about KOTOR, they're talking about Knights of the Old Republic. That's a Bioware game. Right. They're also talking about KOTOR 2, which is actually Obsidian. Right. Um, I still need to play both. Um, there's Old Republic 
the start MMO. the MMO. Um, but it's a very popular uh, time period in sort of Star Wars mythos. And to give you a bit of other perspective, so ba- when Disney bought out Lucasfilm, this was something. A, there's a lot of myth out there where people say Disney got rid of the EU canon. Lucasfilm was going to get rid of the EU canon anyway. Because it got because, messy. Because it got messy and Lucas himself was had made plans for episodes 7, 8, and 9. So all that stuff was going to get got, was going to be rid of. That was in the works before the, he even approached Disney. And by the way, he only approached Disney. Yeah. Um, but there was only one section of canon where Lucasfilm has been kind of like, Oh, it's its own thing where they haven't been just like, oh, it's Legends, where they kind of let it still exist and do stuff. And that is the Old Republic era. Right. Because it's so popular and it's so well thought out. And it's something that. So the reason why the Legends exists and why the EU got so muddy was because people kept a lot of different sources were playing around in the same space without consulting each other. And so things got very messy. Uh, and so a lot of that stuff comes post episode six, right? Where that's where Lucas film and, and Lucas wanted to play in with six or with seven, eight and nine. So that needed to be cleared out so that they could fit their own canon storylines in there. The old Republic really hasn't been something they haven't touched because not too much superfluary information is there other than the main core games and a couple of books or yeah it basically anytime anyone has played in the old republic era it's only been one group at a time so right. it hasn't been like multiple people or multiple like or if there multiple, were multiple versions themes, of the same yeah, character and yeah like that, right? if there were multiple themes coming out at the same time they were all under the purview of like in the case of the knights of the old republic or the old republic they were all overseen by the people making the game right so it's all it's all the, the old public's probably the cleanest period of time non that's not that's currently non-canonical in the Star Wars universe. That's, but that has a story that right. is familiar with Star with most Star Wars fans. Like even I've never played uh, Kotor or Kotor 2. Yeah. I have played Old Republic. Right. And I still know the big twist. I won't spoil it because who knows right. who else hasn't played it, but I think most Star Wars fans if they get beyond just watching the movies, inevitably learn about that twist. Right. And so then when you talk about Star Wars and Lucasfilm in general, they accept Old Republic mainly as canon. Like if you play Star Wars Galaxy of Heroes, which is a uh, RPG mobile game, uh, a lot of the Old Republic characters are obtainable and in that game. And that game only takes canon. So they've, pretty much left old public pretty much like hey this is it's com- coming you know it's here. coming it's um, so my- yeah so that's exciting it's it's my favorite period of time in the star wars universe um my personal theory and i'll let you chime in on this because i think knights of the old republic is what four thousand bef- years before yavin something like three thousand years it's, before yavin it's a couple like of thousands i'm wondering if they're not going to shrink the timeline because here's my theory from it. There was the Sith have been extinct for a millennium line from Phantom Menace. Right. I'm wondering if they are going to maybe not have Revan happen a thousand years before. I'm wondering if what Benioff and Weiss are doing, if it isn't directly Revan, is it going to be that thousand years where it's like the final conflict between the Sith and Jedi? Maybe. I mean, I I would really hope that they hit directly in the middle of 
the conflict. Mm-hmm. Right? So, like, I want to see Cecil Shan. Uh, like, Cecil Shan to me is one of my favorite Star Wars characters that has never been really explored. Yeah. Um, I think her story is awesome, and I think she's a great character. And it fits really with the the MO at the moment of female empowerment. Yeah. Right? So, Yoda... When, Everyone knows Yoda's the Grand Master of the Jedi and sort of the leader and the, the de facto head of the Jedi. Uh, before that, it was Satil Shan. And so her character is awesome and she's great. Uh, and, and yeah, every, everything that she's been sort of depicted in has been awesome. And she has the best lightsaber. Oh, no, she has such a cool <laughs> lightsaber. <laughs> it's a dual bladed lightsaber. It's blue, but uh, there's some great etching and uh, markings on it. It's just a beautiful piece it, of art. It, yeah, it literally looks like if you didn't know it was a lightsaber, you'd think it was like a tube someone had just sat there and like carved. Carved. It's, it's awesome. Beautiful. It's beautiful. And there's been a couple of people that have replicated it, and it takes so long. And the replications the are repli- so expensive. Replicas look real, like if when they're good, they look really good. Yeah, they're awesome. Um, so I, I think, I think this is probably where uh, Benioff and Weiss might be playing. I also think this might be where Ryan Johnson might be playing because there's been some stuff going around that makes it sound like some people make it sound like instead of doing two different trilogies they're just doing one trilogy which i don't quite buy yet because lucasfilm has said that everything that they've announced is in development is still in development right and the only two things in development were those two so i'm taking some of those rumors to mean that it wouldn't shock me if ryan johnson is getting revan and the thousand years prior to benioff and weiss and benioff and weiss are getting the thousand years prior to phantom menace right that's personal theory we'll see how that plays out but that's something we won't know about until a few years because uh star wars is going to not have a film on screen probably until i think 2021 at the earliest if not 2022 right um but let's dive into the stuff that was announced at celebration with so here i'm, I'm looking up right now just a yeah. quick thing uh the rumor is that he might be helping with the oh, he's helping them with their tri- with their trilogy, but he's still developing one, that one of is his own separate because he said previously that the old republic that his trilogy is not old republic. So he flat out said like he denied that those are that he's working on old republic, which leans credence to the idea of them working on old republic. Right, and we've had hints of old republic in like rebels and even clone wars. So. Yeah, I think I mean it makes sense for them to be the next place to move to because there's so much it's the same thing that has worked out for Marvel where they have some points in some stories where they have so much to draw from to create the stories for the MCU. Right. And this is one point in time where they have so many stories that they can draw from right. and create a new Star Wars story set in that period. So yeah, I think I think we're going to see Old Republic very soon. Yeah, and and like you're saying, I think it gets them away from what they're stuck in right now, which is the Skywalker Skywalkers. stuff. And like they've talked about how this is the end of the Skywalker stuff, and they're done with this set of trilogies. Yeah, um, which I'm excited about. That's great. And I think that Old Republic opens up the space of like, here's all these new characters. Around- well, not only here's all these new characters, there are multitudes of Sith yeah. and multitudes of Jedi. You can go whole ham on everything. Yeah. I would love to see. 
and this is this is this is my dumb idea a flags of our fathers and letters of iwo jima style like two sides of the same battle or two sides of the same war of a jedi and a sith movie lucasfilm please pretty please i'll buy my ticket now I mean, honestly, I, I should just give Lucas all my bank account information at oh, this yeah. point. But, um, like, could you imagine that? Could you imagine just like, here's a Sith movie, here's a Jedi movie. They're doing the same exact things, but they're different point of views. That would be really cool. I mean, it's like one of the more what interesting movie, episodes. What movie would do better? One of the more interesting episodes. <laughs> I don't know. But one of the more interesting episodes of Rebels is the one that's from the perspective of Agent Callus. Yeah. And so it yeah, would be yeah. very interesting to see a Star Wars movie set with the Sith. Agent Callus became one of my favorite characters, Dude, too. Agent I think Cal- it was the uh, the episode where he gets stuck. With Zeb, the- yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll have to... Uh, we'll- when he explains how he got the staff. Oh, yeah. I love it. But episode nine, let's, let's dive into episode nine. The panel was... Well, first off, apparently Finn is in like a love polygon <laughs> yeah i mean uh, i'm not sh- at this point i'm not even sure if they're trolling or if they're just if like they're serious yeah. i don't know and i don't care it's too funny um but that trailer yeah i think uh i loved the anime feel of ray jumping against the tie fighter this is something i want to give credit to with i think ryan johnson with bringing up and referencing the prequels because i would say that there's so much love for the prequels in last jedi that gets overlooked yeah that was like the most prequel moment we've seen in the sequel trilogy is her doing that flip on that tie fighter and it's just like it's great i loved it uh the death star and the palpatine reveals are a little uh Took me off guard. I didn't expect those at all. I honestly, I don't think we've talked about this, but I've been theorizing just internally for a while that if they were going to end the saga, the bad guy has to be Palpatine. Oh, sure. And one of my reasons for that is... And the thing is they reference him in Last Jedi too, which makes sense. Yeah, as Darth Sidious. And so it's been hinted already. Sure. It doesn't come out of nowhere, but I just, it took took me off guard of like, whoa. my reason for thinking too that Palpatine had to be doing something and had to be involved with this in some way it comes from how the things happened post Return of the Jedi sure like you've I don't think you've played the Battlefront 2 campaign but I know you've watched it yeah I've watched it. I've watched it through I didn't want to buy that game for reasons but continue I bought that game for reasons yeah I mean you bought it on sale though I I you bought it on sale for very very cheap yes which is fine I did not want to buy the game because of the the microtransaction stuff, and it, it just did not seem like I would have a lot of fun playing that game for a long period of time. It's one of those games I don't mind jumping into for like an hour at a time, and then right. I'm out. But um, the the new map game mode side note, the new game mode is actually pretty fun. But it's I've also heard. basically the game mode that everyone's wanted in Battlefront from the beginning. So right. hey, something that should have been there in the first place. Yeah. Anyway. Um. One of the things that happens if you start going into post-Return of the Jedi stuff with the Aftermath trilogy or Battlefront 2 is that Palpatine basically just, like, starts destroying shit from the grave. Right. And part of his master plan is to, like, weed out all the weak, quote-unquote, weak aspects of the Empire to where only, like, the super strong and super dedicated are left, and then those super strong and dedicated people just disappear. Right. And that's something... 
And this is where the First Order comes from. The First Order is literally remnants of the Empire who were super, super devout to the idea of what the Empire was. Right. I do not and could not fathom Palpatine doing that and sending them off if he didn't have a plan to come back in some way. Right. And so I have felt that Palpatine was going to have to inevitably be the big bad at the end and that Snoke is either his puppet or Snoke was some other big thing that had been there the entire time, but it didn't make sense. It's like, Snoke, no, I think there's something else going on here. And so the Palpatine reveal, I was shocked it happened in the trailer, Yeah, but I'm not shocked that it's what's going to happen in the film. I was, I'm more surprised that like, it would have been great to have that reveal happen and in the theater. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't like the idea. I don't like that. They confirmed it's Palpatine. I love the idea of like, you never know. Well, cause the thing too is my first thought before I was realized, I'm like, Oh crap, it's Palpatine is my first thought. I'm like, is that Mark Hamill doing a Joker laugh? <laughs> and then I was like, wait, no, that's not Mark Hamill's laugh. And then, cause I was watching the live yeah, stream e. and E. McDermott on stage and doesn't Palpatine was do it again. And it was just like, yeah. Okay, it's totally Palpatine. Yeah, and then Great. they did confirm it to uh, Hollywood Reporter that yeah, it's it's Palpatine. Yeah, Abrams was talking about it to every reporter that asked. So yeah. I mean, I'm I'm again, I'm not. I don't agree with him being flat out like, yeah, it's Palpatine. Like that, that to me, that should be something that's a little more coy. Um, maybe yeah, just, they could have literally cut out his laugh from the trailer, and I think the trailer would have been just as yeah. Good. The the Death Star reveal is great. Yeah, I think. Um, I've heard some people say or argue that they think the reason they included the laugh is, I don't want to say pandering, but trying to play to an audience that they think might feel alienated by Last Jedi. Right. Um, by going, hey, look, here's the traditional bad guy is back. Um, and like, <sighs> but I think, I think that's been hinted enough in the saga stuff to where it wouldn't have surprised me in the theater. No. I don't think we need this reveal early, but that's me being nitpicky about how trailers reveal everything Dude, less if, than if they literally, as soon as if they had, if they do the thing where they, they walk around the remains of the death star and we just hear the laugh as they're walking through the hallways, like in a horror film, that would've I would have freaked out. Dude, in the I theater. know, <laughs> I know. And that's probably what's going to happen. Yeah. And we're still going to freak out in the theater, but, but, but it would have been so cool if I didn't know. Yeah. But, you know, they they need to... I think this teaser was aimed at people who would be like, you know, that shit is so... Which, that's a whole topic we won't go into today. Um, But other than that little nitpick, I I enjoyed the trailer and I watched it multiple times. I enjoyed the trailer. Uh, I'm sick of, like... I'm a little sick of them with the new droid stuff of, like, there's another droid. Do you want more droids? I want R2. I know. That's sort of the reason why I, w- I want R two and I want C three PO and I want. Well, we know C three PO is like with the group because yeah. we've seen it in shots, but like immediately everyone's like, "Where's R two? Yeah, and I feel like that's been this entire trilogy in a nutshell. Can be described as, "Where's R two? Oh, he's in one scene. <laughs> yeah, I, he's a bit player. Uh, so yeah, that's a little bit concerning. Um, but otherwise, I'm excited for the film. I think it's a, I think it's cool. I think it's yeah, great. no, I I can't wait. Like I, like I said, 2019 is a great year to be a Star Wars fan because yeah. up next on our topics, it's we've already touched about on this a bit. It's the Mandalorian. Yeah, the uh, the clip. I know you haven't seen it, but the clip mm. is awesome. Uh, 
it's just a small clip and then they go into a lot of behind the scenes stuff where they talk to the actors and they talk to they talk to the crew and, and the directors and stuff like that um it's great uh i'm super excited for it it's everything i wanted where it, it seems a little more smaller scale yeah it's not it's not a big bombastic action piece it is a character study and i love that with apparently some big bombastic action scenes right so i mean of course they're not going to get away from that but i mean it is more of a uh it has sort of a rogue one feel to it where it is more about character moments and more about sort of interactions between people also and this is going to be the thing that i'm going to be watching really hard for during that pilot is just Dave Filoni's first live action directing debut is the first episode of The Mandalorian. Right. There's a part of me that thinks that Lucasfilm is grooming him to do live action films, um, which would be great because gotta love Dave Filoni. He he knows his Star Wars stuff. I wonder, honestly, theory mongering right now. I'm wondering if they're not planning to have him direct one of the uh, Benioff and Weiss films. Could be. Um, because he's like, apparently he's a fan of the old Republic era. And if they're doing old Republic, it makes sense to throw him in there. Sure. Um, but back to Mandalorian. No, I haven't watched that clip, but did you watch the panel at all? I did. The fact that they, they did model work. Yeah. And apparently like everyone at ILM just went crazy. It was like, Oh, we're making models again. And they were doing stuff in the week on the weekends in their homes. Like, you're like, Oh, we can do this. And it's just like, it's the passion, right? It brings it's the passion, passion back. Yeah, and, and, like, the original films are reasons why people got into doing all this stuff and want to be at ILM. And so being able to go back to the kind of old ways. The old technical ways. It's like all these old hats at ILM who are now doing all this computer stuff are like, wait, we could do model work again? Yeah. I, I think, first off, Star Wars has done a great job of practical effects. Embrace it. Let's do this, like, do, right. and do the, the model is, work. The thing is that I love is, like, even though, like, even the model work, at this point, you can tell is fake. You can tell what is model work and what is CG. Mm-hmm. And, like, obviously the model work doesn't look as good as the CG stuff, but it looks like Star Wars. Yeah. And it feels like Star Wars. You know what I mean? Like, it's not, it might not look photoreal and it might not look, like, 100% right. But it looks 100% right for Star Wars. Yeah. Like, not everyone can get away with that. And I think, like, they can play in that space. And also, like, good model work still looks... Fantastic. Fantastic. Absolutely. And, I mean, it's arguably one of the reasons why Lord of the Rings is held up. Right. In terms of its special effects work compared to, say, even The Hobbit, which I would say hasn't held up at all. Well, um, I think that, there's the other reasons work. why no, The there's Hobbit other, hasn't, hasn't There's a up. whole... The, there are wonderful YouTube uh, documentaries about why The Hobbit failed that you should check out if you want to get into that. But, um, yeah, no, I, I think embrace it. Also, I think the thing that was crazy is that they realized they needed more stormtroopers in the background in one scene, so they contacted the 501st. Again, fulfill for people who don't know who the 501st is, they're awesome. They, these are the guys who dress up in stormtrooper outfits and like, go to hospitals and do charity work. Yeah. Um, they also will volunteer at conventions to be if you need stormtroopers or anything like that. They're the they're the guys you want to go do it. I remember once actually. I've been planning this for a while. I don't think I've ever told you. So I do have a three D printer, and so I've been trying to. I've been thinking of ways to possibly make a suit and join the five hundred first. Yeah, I. So if totally you would, if you would that. totally want to help me and do and do it with me. 
there, uh, there's a part of me that really wants to do a clone armor, uh, the, a clone wars Kenobi cosplay. You'd work with a beard. I know. I, I'd have to get a haircut, but I, I'd do it for Kenobi. <laughs> <laughs> gotta, People have actually been like, "What would it take you to cut your hair?" Yeah, you like, get Obi Wan Kenobi. You gotta get the big Jedi, the big Jedi mullet. Just, just, just get the rock in the mullet. No, I gotta. I you gotta do like the episode three. No, the haircut is short in the Clone Wars. But you gotta do the Clone Wars Kenobi, like the Clone Wars movie Kenobi with the with the with the Jedi mullet. Well, he doesn't have the mullet in the cartoon. Though. I know. I'm not. I am gonna <laughs> cut the mullet. Um, but no. So apparently, they had brought five hundred first members to be extras, and they hadn't told them in advance because they couldn't tell them in right. advance. They were just like, "Yeah, you guys just show up. Just send yeah. send your guys. Just tell them to show up." And so these guys didn't know that they were going to be on screen. And like Filoni's scene is, some of their outfits are like more accurate than our own. Right. <laughs> Like, Lucasfilm stuff is apparently not as accurate as 501st stuff. So, like, yeah, we weren't worried about accuracy. And we didn't have to direct them on how to act like stormtroopers because they're the goddamn 501st. Yeah, they all have commands. and They, 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 they had doing. it down. And it's just like, apart, I saw that and I'm like, they shot in Los Angeles. And it's like, man, if we had been members of 501st, we could have been a Mandalorian. Yeah. But no, I, I think it's really cool that they, that they did that. Yeah, it's awesome. But... No, everything we're hearing and seeing and reading about with Mandalorian has me excited. Uh, the fact that uh, John Favreau was like just wrote three to four episodes worth of scripts before he even officially let Lucasfilm like buy it. Like he right. apparently Lucasfilm was like sold. They're like, yeah, we're on board. This should be your show. We know this is the thing we need at Disney Plus. We want, we're going right. to be doing something with Disney Plus. We want this to be it. And he's like, wait, let me write four episodes first just to make sure we're on the same page. First off, that's awesome so that he like is like, no, this is how it's going to be. And I want you to be 100% behind my idea yeah. before we go forward. And so he wrote like four episodes. Or that he'll email he'd email a draft to Filoni, be like, hey, I need you to read this. And it'll be like Christmas Eve. And Filoni's like, it's Christmas. <laughs> and then like two days later, he gets a text message. Why haven't you read it yet? <laughs> right. It's great. I love it. No, it's... I I'm excited. It's going to be... Like Disney Plus is a day one sub for me because of Mandalorian. Yeah, I um, mean it's going to be an ongoing sub for me, sub for me because of Clone Wars. Yeah. So what's up? So I saw the trailer uh, for Clone Wars. Uh, I'm excited. Yeah. It's more of this. It's more of what I wanted the series to be. I'm not. There's nothing in there that I'm like super surprised. No, like, it's basically what we expected. We're getting Siege of Mandalore. We're getting Bad Batch. We're getting uh, things that he either had been known about, talked about, or shared previously in the right. past. Um, but did you hear the bit about the Ahsoka Darth Maul fight? No. Okay, so we know they're going to fight at some point because it's been hinted in the Ahsoka novel. Sure. They had mocap work done by Ray Park. Oh. So the mocap work for the Darth Maul fight is Ray Park. And it's just like... Does he get the dual-bladed lightsaber back? I don't know. I think they pro- it's probably going to be either Darksaber or the new saber that we see in Solo and appears in uh, Rebels. Right. But that fight... First off, that's really cool that they brought Ray Park in to do that. Sure. It's also really good that we're, I think they've 
all but confirmed this is the final season. Yeah. This is gonna be From hap- this is gonna be stuff that's happening concurrent to Revenge of the Sith. Um and yeah, the panel they didn't really reveal, I would say, too much because again, a lot of it is stuff we've already known. I'm I'm expecting the series to end on order 66 and sort of see the stuff that we didn't get to see. Cause we see that montage in the, in the film. Yeah. But I, I would love to see more and like kind of in depth stuff about that. Well, we do know because Felonia said, so if you go deep into it, the whole first off, we have already talked about this next episode. We are going to be going over our list of essential Clone Wars episodes, or it might be like our Marvel <laughs> thing where we're both supposed to do, here's our hierarchy and you did the hierarchy and I didn't. And I'll do the Clone Wars episodes and you don't. <laughs> Dude, we got, we got, we got infinity war coming in like four days or we, our, our end game going in four days. Basically our next episode is going to be end game and Clone Wars. And that's speaking it. of which time out on the Star Wars for a second. So end game leaked there's like five minutes that leaks and it's clips, right? So it's like 30 seconds here, 30 seconds here. It's five minutes of like clip, 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 clips. And I couldn't help myself. Of course you couldn't. <laughs> and it didn't ruin the film, but it confirmed a lot of the stuff that I already knew was going to happen. <laughs> Don't tell me. I'm not. I, I want to. I'm not. But it like confirmed stuff and like I'm super excited. And and Jenny was like, it didn't make you more or less excited. It's like, it made me more excited because it's stuff that it's everything that I wanted it to see. And it's, you know what I mean? Like, it's it's spoilers. Like, I, yeah. it totally ruins some stuff, but it's everything I wanted to see. And I'm super excited. <laughs> By the time my sister and I got, because we both have A-list with right. AMC, um, to where, hey, we get free, free movies a week. Um, oh, free, in quotes. Sure. Um, by the time the AMC website and app were working, tickets were sold through Sunday. We got we're in the front, one of the I think we're in row D, so one of the first four rows. Yeah, on a Sunday screening. That's how crazy. The oh tickets my were going. god! So this is this is funny story. So tickets went on sale four four a.m. Right, mm-hmm. and so I was up, so I jumped out of bed, uh, and I texted my friend who was going to go with me. He's a nurse, so I like I was like, "Yo, we gotta go." And he has A-list. And I was like, get tickets. Go. And he goes, oh, my God. The app crashed. And I was like, you're useless to me. So I jumped on my computer and I started clicking furiously. And I think it's like 6 o'clock or 7 o'clock. I didn't stop for like two hours. And so I finally got tickets. I got Thursday night at 11 o'clock. Nice. And like, and like middle and like middle row. So I'm like pretty excited. Kind of bring it back to Star Wars. That's actually the only reason we got opening night tickets to uh, Force Awakens. Right. Was I was on the AMC website hitting refresh for like two hours. Yeah. And fi- finally got tickets in. That's also the reason why for Last Jedi and for Rise of Skywalker, I'm not going to be online i'm going to find out what time they go on sale and i'm going to wrangle everyone who's going with me <laughs> and what we did with last jedi is we all just went to the theater and bought our tickets there you go because that way we weren't dealing with app crashes or website failures we were able to get tickets at the time we wanted in on the screen we wanted and they were good tickets right that's probably what i should have done for avengers but i had work so right. i didn't but, um, yeah, no, Clone Wars, it's, yeah, it's a lot of what we expected. Right. I, again, like, I'm I'm excited for Clone Wars. I'm excited to watch it. This trailer didn't do much for me because it was just, like, 
I'm going to watch it anyway. This didn't do – this didn't want to make me watch it more or less. It was just like a cool – It is one of those things where if you're already sold on it, you don't necessarily need to be sold more on it. Right. And I was like, I was like, cool, I'm ready for this, but – but I don't think we got a release date, so no. it's probably not going to be a launch title, especially some, from the sounds of it. They're still in finishing touches with some episodes. Right. So I have a feeling this is going to be a 2020 thing yeah. for Star Wars, as much as we wish it was I would assume, this year. I would but, assume like a February or March release on yeah. Disney+. Plus. It's going to be definitely after The Mandalorian. Right. But honestly, on some level, it makes sense. That way you're not divided between two shows. And I think they know that the fan base would be divided between the two shows. Right. Or trying to get on, but stay on both. But no, what was great, because I don't think you watched the panel. No, I didn't. But not. what was really funny, anytime they watched, showed a clip at the panel. So Ashley Eckstein, who plays Ahsoka, um, Dee Bradley Baker, who voices the clones, and Sam Witwer were on stage. And every time they showed a clip, they got off the couch they were sitting on so they could sit down on the stage so they could have a better vantage <laughs> That's great. of the clip. I think that says a lot about the people who make the show. Oh, yeah. That they were like, oh, no, 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 no. I'm not going to just sit here and be like, do, 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 wait for the clip. They're like, no, 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 no. I'm watching the clip. Right. So I, it's just... I'm just glad we're seeing Ahsoka again. And uh, I love Ahsoka. I want, I want an Ahsoka film so bad. I want Ahsoka in episode nine. <sighs> That'd be so great. Bad. Like there's a part of me that has wondered if we're not going to run into an old Ezra and Ahsoka <laughs> in episode nine. Great. And that's how they get their story. And I kind of wish that's how it goes because we got left with a big question mark from Rebels, and I would like at least a hint that the story got finished, finished even yeah. if we are not told what the story is. Right. But I, I guess that also, to go back into episode nine and all the crazy, because a lot of people are like, oh, Palpatine's dead. There's no way he could come back. Um, He's a Force ghost in the Death Star. He's haunting the Well, Death they say Star. that Sith can't become Force ghosts. But all I'm going to say is the last three episodes of Rebels, and that's why I'm not convinced right. he's dead. Um, <laughs> last three episodes of Rebels are fucking nutty, by the way. <laughs> yeah. I can't even explain them to you here. Just go. We would have to do like a full explanation of just those three episodes and what happens in terms of how the Force works. And a bunch of people will be like, that's not how the Force works. They're going to just throw the fin clip at us. And it's like, yeah. no, 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 no. This is apparently how the Force works. Um, Spoilers, there's time travel and shit. The one instance of time travel in Star Wars um, that we know of. And I think that, that that's one of the reasons why I'm like, eh, I'm <laughs> Did not he time convinced. travel as he's, as he's falling down the pit? Who uh. knows what he found? <laughs> Who knows what he had on that Death Star with him that he found from he's falling, he's falling off the He's falling down the pit. Uh, time travel. Get me out of here. Go to the future. Or he's going to be Spider Palp. <laughs> <laughs> by, by the way, that's not that's half a joke, half totally what happened to Darth Maul. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's kind of true. Uh, but you no, know, no, I'm just glad we're getting this, and I'm. I think it kind of one of the stories I heard about the canceling of Clone Wars. There was two things. One. Clone Wars was being broadcast on a non-Disney channel, and they had broadcast rights that didn't end until, I think, around now. Right. Um, so there was that. And the second thing is, Clone Wars was apparently crazy expensive. And Oh, yeah, I could imagine. Yeah. 
so it was on Cartoon Network. Cartoon mm-hmm. Network was, I think, paying like a million an episode. And then Lucas was basically paying out of pocket another, I think, $3 million an episode. So Jeez. there was like $4 million an episode going on. And Lucas was Lucas was doing it because Lucas wa- like that's something I don't think people realize. Lucas wanted the Clone Wars to happen and be a thing, so he paid for it to happen and be a thing. Yeah, because he was a billionaire, he could he could pay four million an episode. Right. And and I don't think people give Lucas enough credit for making can, making his own decisions and like not, not caring about the repercussions right yeah like, we can sit here and talk about whether or not he made the right decision story-wise with some of his work but we can't say that he doesn't care right um right. i think the fact that he's actually, i think i actually think he doesn't care about what other people think yeah which is okay i guess you could say is a fault but I mean, I also think it's it's such a great thing that he like he his thoughts are just this is my thing. I'm gonna do what I want with it, and and it's it's made for well, a lot of beautiful. Did stuff. you hear the thing too that he because he's visited sets of I think every Star Wars film. Yeah, he was on the Mandalorian set. He was on. Did he visit Game of Thrones set? Yeah, he, but apparently he gave he was consulting or was answering questions of Filoni's and Favreau's from Mandalorian. Yeah. Well, I mean, but he also apparently was a story consulting on episode nine. Yeah. Not just a, not just a, Hey, what do you think? It's like, Hey, yeah, we're he, finishing your saga. So, so what do you think? Abram said he spent a week with Lucas. Yeah. Um, a couple weeks with Lucas. And so did you see my tweet about it? No. So <laughs> I had a, I have this image in my head and I love the last Jedi. Okay, I love that film. I love that it took risks. I love it's different. But the image I kept getting in my head is Abrams picking on the phone and going, can I talk to George Lucas? I need to talk to George Lucas. And be like, all right, come next week. And so then George Lucas, it's it's Abrams showing up, knocking on the door. The door slowly opens, and it's a dark hallway. And you walk down the hallway, and you open a door, and it's and it's George Lucas sitting sitting cross legged on a chair with a dark room with a spotlight on him and a glass of wine and cigar, going, "They always come back, <laughs> right?" <laughs> and so, like to me, that's the image I get in my head of that entire situation going down, and it's hilarious to me. Oh, <laughs> uh, no, it's. And so I tweeted that out, by the way. That was the, that was the whole reference of the tweet. <laughs> no, it's... I'm glad that happened. Right. And I think the more we look into it and the more stuff that gets revealed about this, the more I am convinced that everyone's saying that there was no plan for the sequel trilogy is hogwash. Yeah. Um, because... I'm assuming it's a Game of Thrones situation where it was, hey, here's the rough outline of where we're going and then each individual director has a say of what yeah like what happens in that individual per my personal theory is when ryan johnson and i could be proven wrong i should probably we should tweet at ryan johnson be like hey prove us right or wrong um he'd answer he would answer if he sees it um that's the real problem it isn't that he would wouldn't answer it's whether or not he'd actually see the tweet um and that is because he made a comment, oh, there was no outline. I take that to mean someone didn't come to him, oh, oh you're writing The Last Jedi script? On page 17, this beat needs that. I think that's what he means by there was no outline. Sure. Like, there's no way there weren't conversations about what, because we know he was in, 
writing while Force Awakens is in production. Yeah. Him and J.J. Abrams are talking. There's no way that they weren't talking about how Force Awakens leads into Last Jedi. Or and he wasn't having conversations with Lucasfilm about how Last Jedi would lead into Rise of Skywalker. Right. To think that they were just like, oh, no, just do whatever you want requires you to ignore basically everything about filmmaking. Right. But that's a lot of what happens in Star Wars criticism right now. Yeah. Um, it's just ignoring everything that is evidence. Um, but to finish off Clone Wars, because we've gone on three tangents now. Sure. Which is par for the course for us. Sure. Um, actually, I think par for the course might be four tangents. But I'm just, I think... Just sum up. We're, I'm just glad it's back. I'm glad we're getting it, and I can't wait for it. Yeah, so I'm excited. I think it's interesting to see where they'll go from here, because it is a talented team. It is a talented team of people. Uh, I I don't think they would just bring all these people back and have them under contract for one extra season. It seems off to me. It does. Um, so, I mean, could we get an Ahsoka spinoff show? between clone wars and rebels i mean that could work um they're currently all we have is the ahsoka novel which takes place one year after uh events of order 66 right so i mean we could easily you could easily fill that gap with an ahsoka animated show well have you read the novel no i have not at the end of the novel at the end of the novel she's working for bail organa as fulcrum right so um who is like her which is her code name in rebels so there could totally be an early early ahsoka piece about her helping establish the elements of a rebellion and being a point person there um but yeah i I don't want this to be the last we see of Ahsoka. No. And again, like it's such a beloved character. And again, they wouldn't bring this team back together for one extra season. Well, maybe to launch Disney plus, maybe to launch Disney plus, but it's, it seems like a waste if you just have them do one. Cause we do know that, uh, Rex fought at Endor. Yeah. That's canon now. Yeah. Um, that, Old guy with beard that had no name yeah. in is Return of the Jedi is Rex. Um, because he's just not clear enough that you could totally be like, yeah, it's it's close enough. Right. Um, it's like it's like Marvel saying that the kid that kid that Tony Stark uh saves in Iron Man 2 is Tom Holland and not in Spider-Man. Okay. Uh that's that's confirmed, by the way. That's Kevin Feige confirming that. Um yeah, so I I just want to see I want to see more of Ahsoka, and that could be because apparently someone was told I think for one of the novels or tie-in novels that they were writing that the only rules they had were you couldn't touch any of Feige's character not Feige, of Filoni's characters because he's still trying to figure out what to do with them. Right. So that means Filoni's at least thinking about it. Mm-hmm. Hopefully we see something. Maybe we see a Rex, maybe we see a Rex movie or a Rex TV show with him living on that planet. <laughs> the, the, the desert planet uh but yeah no i want to see more of them and this won't be enough no so hopefully yeah hope, i i would love to see something that because there's no way because it's hinted at the end of rebels that ahsoka and um uh sabine go off to find ezra and you know Rex would totally drop everything and join them. Mm-hmm. 
or we could see a Rex point of view of everything leading up to Jakku. Right. Either one I'd accept. Right. We could uh, even see the battle of Jakku play out too. Yeah. I mean, you get hints of it in Battlefront 2, but you don't you see it the way that I would like to see it. It's just more like... A that could be its own film, way. too, to be fair. Yeah. Uh, so far, we just have the Aftermath books and Battlefront 2 and hints. But, yeah, I'd love to see that in some form of, like, film or even the cartoon or so, some visual manifestation of it. Right. Um. So moving on from Clone Wars, though, we also finally have information about a single player, no <laughs> microtransaction game, Jedi Fallen Order. Right. Get hype. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm excited. Uh, I thought the trailer was good. Yes. Uh, I think... There's a lot of elements in there that play to respawn's strengths, uh, mainly the movement options. Respawn's very good at movement. Um, yeah, I still need to play Titanfall, and you've told me to sit down and play Titanfall. Yeah, like Titanfall has wall running mechanics. We saw that in the trailer. Uh, Apex Legends has a ton of like just great movement options, and, like the slide, right? Like slides, and we saw all of that in the trailer. So again, their respawn's playing to their strengths here. Uh, Story-wise, it seems pretty basic and and idea. Uh, the upgrade system and stuff that we've heard them talk about uh, seem pretty standard fare. Uh, I'm excited. I'm just curious. What like? I'm excited. Mm-hmm. I'm curious what they do to make this game different than just your standard fare third-person action RPG. Um, and like. Again, that seems really uh, ungrateful to like say, right? Because it's like, okay, yeah, we've been all been waiting for this game. We're all waiting for a something like this in the Star yeah. Wars canon or Star Wars game to come back because we have, probably haven't had one since the Jedi Knight games, the Old Republic, or the the Jedi Knight, like the nineties Jedi Knight, yeah, games, the Jedi yeah. Knight games, the Jedi Academy games, um, which are great games, but again, like. What like what what is going to keep me playing this game to the end, and what is going to keep me excited as I, as I go through it? It has to be story based, and like from what I've seen, it seems pretty standard fare. So again, I'm going to beat it. I'm going to love it. Uh, but what keeps it memorable in my head, and what keeps basically it... your question is: Is this going to be a game I play once, or is this going to be a game I play multiple times, or even a game that I play once and talk about all the time? Yeah, like God of War, I'm never going to play that game again. I beat it once. I'm never going to play it again but I'm going to talk about it all the time. And like, so everyone's talking about it all the time. Like yeah. a year later, Sony's putting out a documentary in, in like the next couple of months about like the making of it. And I still watch every pan. Like they, they talked about it at GDC of like why God of war was what it is. And like all this stuff, like everyone's talking about God of war a year later, even though most people probably never beat the game or only beat it or played it once. Like this, well, it's like, going to be a console exclusive, right? Forever and ever. Because it's God a of so, War? yeah, it's yeah. a Sony, yeah. But like, shame for for Fallen Order. Like, I don't know. Other than it being a Star Wars game, I don't know what's going to pull me in and like keep me thinking about it all the time and like talking about it and being like this game is special. And I, to me, it it 
the Star Wars brand and a story like this deserves to be special. Yeah. And I don't see it. Like, they haven't sold me on it being special yet. Right? Not to be like a Debbie Downer, right? Because like, yeah. I think it's awesome. But, like, I, I'm concerned for, like, the long-term thing of it's going to come out and, like, get hype for about a day or two. And then people are going to be like, eh, it's okay. Yeah. I mean, that's the concern. Especially, we've been burned twice by right. Battlefront. Um, and, and like, that's my concern about all the Star Wars games so far. Of, like, these look amazing. And then you get them and you're like, it's all right. Yeah. And that's the thing with Battlefront. Like, it's it's okay. It's it's. It looks pretty like there. I showed you like because I was playing around with. Yeah, it looks gorgeous. It looks gorgeous. And but as this game does, this game looks fantastic. Yeah. And and if we hadn't gotten burned before, I would have been super excited for this. But we've gotten burned a lot. And I'm not. I'm excited, but I'm wary. Want to know the other down thing on this game? Why? It comes out the same week as Mandalorian starts on Disney. It's just like, oh my god. I don't have... I can't give you all my free time Disney. Okay, that's not true. I can give you all my free time Disney. But it's... But yeah, uh, like, I, I don't... like. I think I'm being a little unfair. But I think at the same time, I think it needs to be... We need... It needs to be said that, like, there's concerns. I, I would say, yeah, you, you can say you're being a little unfair. But at the same time, this level of concern is warranted given what we've been shown and what we've received from EA these right. past two games. Right. They said they have an innovative Star Wars or an innovative lightsaber combat system, which there hasn't been a lightsaber combat system since the 90s. So, not it doesn't re- take not much. really much to innovate on there. As long as it isn't the select an attack type thing or the MMO style attack, you've basically created a new lightsaber system. Yeah. How much you want to bet I control my lightsaber swings with the right thumbstick? I'm right. I I guarantee you I'm right. At some point in development, that was a thing. Uh, But what if you're on a Windows machine? Then it's on. uh, Then you you move around with your uh, 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 WASD and then uh, your mouse is your swings. I wonder if it's going to be like whenever I play Grand Theft Auto on, on PC, there's times where I'm just like, obviously this wasn't ported well in terms of control. Like the controls are just right. not, not that quite, quite great to where I am like, okay, I have to bust out the controller now. Right. It's like, oh, I'm going to be driving for 10 minutes. Switch from keyboard to controller. Right. So obviously I'm looking at this from a different perspective. Like are, we, are you – you're obviously excited. Yeah. Because – Do you have concerns or do you, are you just kind of like – I'm ready for this game no matter what. I I mean, I most of my concerns come from just I the always the idea of I am concerned with EA still being in charge, but at the sure. same time knowing the developer behind it knowing that this is aimed as a single-player experience, my concern and question now becomes more of a, am I playing a story on rails? Like Halo, which is fine if the story is good. Sure. Or are we getting more of like an RPG-style mechanic in terms of that? Are there... Like a branching. Is there going to be branching? Are there going to be side quests? They've already hinted that you can modify the lightsaber. So it's more of a... My questions and concerns are how much of it going to be me just playing a story from beginning to end and getting frustrated from the fact that, like, I I found some 
of the mechanics in uh, Battlefront 2. They have to nail the mechanics, right? Yeah, so, like, or, and, and that's something that Respawn really is good at. Like, they, if you look at their previous games, like you look at Titanfall, you look at like Apex Legends right now, right? You look at the games they do, they have great mechanics. And so that's my main concern of a thing where is it just story beat, story beat, story beat, walk to place, get into a big fight, story beat, story beat, story beat, and then to the next fight, right? Yeah. And if that's the case, then the story mechanic, the story has to be great and the mechanics have to be spot on to keep me there. And if they're not, then I'm going to play it for a couple hours and then probably stop, right? It's right. not. The expectations, I think, of the community of gaming in general nowadays there's been a very high bar set by both God of War and Red Dead Redemption 2 in terms of just depth. Oh, yeah, just last no, year. Just uh, I don't mean in terms of like quality of gameplay because there's an argument to be made like you've made on stream in the past about Red Dead Redemption. Yeah. Where I'm, it's not necessarily fun to play, but it is innovative, innovative. In, its same, in its own way. And I think the big thing that I hope this game has is you have gamers like me who are mostly casual just from sure. just a time perspective sure but i really like deep well done storytelling and that is the standard i'm going to hold it to right it's the same reason why i sit here and go do i really want like it's not going to happen just because i look at it immediately i'm like okay now it's a waste of money done sure but I won't lie that there's times where I sit there and I hear everyone talk about how good God of War is or how good Red Dead Redemption is or anything like that. And I sit there and go, do I need to just go out and buy a used console just to play those games? And I guess my question is, and my concern just in general with Star Wars games is, is this a game that would make me want to buy the machine to play it on? Now, my advantage is I have a decent gaming machine that I put together myself I'm going to be able to play this day one right? at decent specs and all that stuff. So it isn't me needing to go out and buy a machine. But if it was a console exclusive, would I sit there and buy it? Right. And that's what my concern is from a story perspective. Is this is going to be a story that I'm going to want to play again and again? Or even if I don't play it again and again like you, I still am talking about it. Right. And I, I think... It goes back to the thing that we brought up earlier with when we were talking about Game of the Year stuff and we we're talking about the Game Awards was the bar is set so high. A game like God of War and a game like Red Dead, there's so like a game like Spider Man comes to mind, right? Where it's like that game had great mechanics, the story was great, it was a ton of fun, and any other year would have been Game of the Year, but it's going up against God of War and it's going against Red Dead Redemption, which you're not gonna beat those games. Yeah. Right? Like and you're like Spider-Man gets taken out of all the conversation, gets taken out of all of the awards. It doesn't win anything. No one's talking about it because the other games came out. And, like, that's my fear of this, of just, like, I, I Star Wars deserved to be talked about. This game I want to be talked about, and I want it to be great. But, like, man, it has to hit a certain bar. Yeah, it has to hit a certain bar. But if even if the only bar it hits is everyone talks about it like they talked about Spider-Man, that's still not a bad no, bar No, not hit. at all. But, again, like, I... I'm concerned of like we've never even seen a Star Wars game that even comes close to where that. Hit. Yeah, uh, the only one that I can think of is Co- the original Kotar, right? And like, I love the original Kotar. Well, but it that... is, was the golden standard for RPG gaming for right, arguably but... even still on some level. Right, but again, then you're talking about Kotar. You're talking about Kotar 15 years ago mm-hmm. on and not 
action-based, turn-based, um, very much story-based. And, and so, like, they're really playing with the mechanics here, which makes me worried. Because um, anytime a company plays up mechanics, mechanics can get boring very quickly, especially if they think they have a good idea. And it, it just, like, if they if you think you have a good Anthem. idea. Yeah, if you think you have a good idea for a, for a mechanic and and you work and everything you put in is into that mechanic and it just doesn't hit you, your whole game fails right you get anthem yeah you get anthem which i haven't played but i've read about or and or, well anthem anthem big thing too is like your loading screens can't be a half hour dude like that's not that's not a good thing but yeah no i'm i'm excited i can't wait to play it i'm probably going to be dumb and pre-order it but i will with you too because they're going to give me some really cool pre-order bonus that i really want and I can ignore it with Battlefront 2 because that I – whatever. But for especially on single-player story-driven content, story like yeah. I'm, I'm going to want. No, they're just going to give me – they're going to give me like a, a purple crystal and I can be Mace Windu and then that's going to get me to buy – that's going to get me to pre-order that game. I guarantee you it's going to be something like that where it's like you can get yellow uh, Royal Guard lightsaber – Jedi Temple Guard lightsaber. Oh, color. God. And I was like – I can get the guard lightsaber? Yes. Yes. <laughs> We're easily bought, apparently, when it comes to Star Wars. Or they'll just give me, they'll be like, here, special black lightsaber color, and, or black, black lightsaber kyber crystal. It's like, pre-order now. It's like, great, fantastic. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad we're getting a solid single-player game. Yeah. I guess the next thing is, because right now, like, the big thing is multiplayer in stuff with like apex legends or Fortnite. well like games of service is really the yeah the way the industry's going and so i think people are overblown the idea of like single player games are dead single player games are dead in the idea of companies aren't having them as a major money focus yeah um so like the only reason respawn's able to do this is because the star wars ip will sell right so like the idea of something Sony has really been the the it's the major forefront of like here's single player content because it's like uh, they had God of War they had uh, Horizon Zero Dawn their Days Gone comes but out Sony's, in a couple days the other thing with Sony is that's to help sell their console like they right. they they see it as a benefit to the uh, ecosystem right and they're all exclusives mm-hmm. and so that sells their and Spider Man and then they have. Uh, Last of Us 2 coming out. So, like, they have a ton of single-player content that's great. It's fantastic. It's honestly one of the reasons I've thought about buying a PlayStation is right. because of their single-player content. Right. If you're buying one console for exclusive content, you have to buy Sony right now. Uh, that could change because Microsoft bought about eight or nine major studios, that they're and they're working on crazy stuff. And I have friends that work at some of those companies that know stuff that they're working on, and they're absolutely insane. Um, and so the next generation might be dominated by Xbox. So just to keep an eye out on that, but the overall industry as a whole, the way you make money and the way you get market share now is with games as service. Mm-hmm. And like, there's no denying that. And there's no denying that if the gaming industry is going to continue to be the money maker, it is it's through games of service or games as service and like uh, stuff like Xbox game pass and Xbox live and stuff like that. Right. So like, that's where you're going to make your money. Um, 
And then all of this extra stuff is for awards and for people to sell consoles. Yeah. Like that, this is this is how you're doing that. It's kind of like how Hollywood operates in some right. level. You're, you're spending the money not because it's necessarily going to make the money back, but it's going to help sell the device and it, it's prestige. And, and, and prestige and it's the awards and it's like the, hey, did you know God of War won Game of the Year? Did you know it's only on PlayStation? Yeah. But I guess my thing, because I always, especially in Star Wars... Yeah, I want there to be a good story with the game. No, absolutely. I totally agree with you. I mean, there's some games where there's an exception to that, where, like, I don't necessarily need a great story for Empire at War. Please bring that back. Um, or, like, even Battlefront. I was so weirded out by when they were, like, Battlefront, single-player content. And they were, like, really excited about it. And I was like, dude, no one cares. Everyone just wants big-ass battles with Star Wars characters and, like, really good I think that game, the single player aspect would have been better if it wasn't tied into that game. Yeah. If they were just alive. It's a great story. Yeah, it's a, it's a good story, but it, it just, that game isn't necessarily suited, like the game engine and how it's all built together isn't necessarily well suited to the idea of a strong narrative story. No, Battlefront, Battlefront is one game and one series that should go games of service and just be mm-hmm. free. And then you can buy yes. microtransactions and costumes and guns and skins and shit. Yes, it should be free. And I think that's its current biggest downfall right now is that it's not. I mean, it's essentially free because you can pick it up for like $4 every other week. Yeah. But not the point because then I'm going to have to buy Battlefront 3 for like another 60 bucks. It should just be Star Wars Battlefront and then it just keeps yeah. continuing to drop, live. Drop the two. Just call Battlefront 2015. Drop the two. Just call it Battlefront and put out updates yep. and call it good. And, like, release characters every now and then, release new units every now and then, release new maps every now and then, gun updates. Yeah. It's all that stuff. You can continue to build that game and just sell skins. And, like, if you want to unlock a hero, you can buy it faster or you can earn it through currency. Yeah. It, it, we're getting a little bit sidetracked in the sense that, yes, this is what Battlefront 2 needs to do. But my thing is, especially looking at the strong story, yeah. there's a part of me that wishes we would get a strong story-driven multiplayer, and I don't know how you could do that. And I don't know if you can do that. But I would... Like, I look at the Jedi Fallen Order stuff, and I still have the thought of... I wouldn't want to necessarily run around as a Jedi with my friends, just because I think that that's... there's our We did that. We've done that. We do that. And on some level, you could argue that's what killed uh, Star Wars Galaxies. But our... But... At the same time, oh, it was like impossible to become a Jedi because it took so fucking long. Yeah, but there's a part of me that goes, you know, I still would like to be able to like do, play a story in the Star Wars universe. And we did that. I was a I was a tank. I was a big Jedi guardian tank. Yeah, I stood there. And- I, I just need <laughs> to sit down and get back into Old Republic. But I, I wonder. It's like Old Republic is also at this point. It's a little well, bloated. It's bloated. It's eight years old. It's or it's going to be eight years old by the end of the year. I would like to see something multiplayer story driven that yeah. is Star Wars, but I don't know if that could ever happen. If that's just a pipe dream, but yeah, uh, I don't know. It have to be an MMO to do it right. Yeah, and the MMOs aren't really if. They, the ones that are kicking, like, there's still some kicking, but they're not. Because you can never kill WoW. Yeah, you can never kill WoW. And... That game, that game's... You can never kill that game. That game's a fucking White Walker. Like, <laughs> you just can't. Dragon's uh, Glass doesn't exist for that game. But, 
yeah, like I'm, I'm hopeful on some level. If EA is willing to do this, hopefully they're willing to actually pay attention and learn from all the mistakes they've made from the past two releases. Sure. Um, so we'll, we'll I'm hoping this as well because otherwise, if it doesn't, then no one's figured it out yet. Yeah, so that's that's disappointing. I guess finally, Galaxy's Edge. Yeah, Galaxy's Edge. I wish. It was like my who <laughs> showed you my tweet. Yeah. That at the moment they rolled out the Coke stuff, I was like, I want to buy a two of Coke. Kinda yeah. Like how they like I want to buy yeah. a world of Coke. And so so the thing is interesting with that, and so I watched the whole panel. You watched the whole panel. Yeah. Um, I don't think there was really anything new. No, I mean the new thing was the Coke branding and. Uh, I wanted like I, oh, part I want- of me was just like, uh, really? But then there was another part of me was like, I want that T-shirt. <laughs> yeah, I mean it's awesome. I love it. They're going for like a hundred bucks on eBay, by the way. I already checked and tried Gosh. to buy one. Uh, but so the interesting thing, thing to me, and I think we've talked about this before. Of like, I think it's awesome that they're rebranding all this stuff for Batu, and like uh, nothing is going to be called what it is on Earth. I could see that getting really annoying really fast. Of like, I- of like, hey, can I get a Coke? Oh, you mean a you mean a a, a, a something else? Like a, no, I think yes. I think with the Coca Cola stuff, I think it's gonna be actually you ask for a Coke, a Diet Coke, or a. I don't know, man. I could see it being different, and then like I could go. I don't want to go to the bar and be like, "Hey, can I get this hamburger?" And then be like, "Oh, you mean a a a, a pork bur- a pork burger?" Yeah. Okay, I would totally eat a pork burger. I know, but, but like I could see that getting really annoying really fast. <laughs> as I'm like, if I'm there for a couple hours and like everything, it's like, did you mean this? It's like when you, t- it's like when you type in when you're trying to, sp- when you don't know how to spell something in Google, and you're like trying to type it out, and then the Google's like, did you mean this? Like, yes, it's obviously what I meant. You just give me the options for it, and it's like the extra step that's totally unnecessary. <laughs> oh man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. But um, there's a part of me that also is just like, I like the fact that we're getting Westworld and Star Wars. I love it. Without the creepy robots. No, I love it. Speaking of creepy robots, did you, so you haven't seen all the videos of people walking around the merch booths, right? No. So they had on display all of the merchandise that was going to be available, or most of the merchandise that's going to be available to... Uh, at Galaxy's Edge, Right. Yeah. So there's, first off, there's a droid depot. So obviously it comes with a lot of the figures and and action figures and and the all of the Sphero toys i thought Sphero was getting canceled what do you mean i thought Sphero was uh discontinuing their star wars toys oh i have no idea i they were in the boot they're in the booth so like the maybe BB, they're like the becoming BB, an exclusive to maybe the 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 bb8 and the the r2d2 and stuff like that right so like all that's there then they also had a build a droid section where it's like just droid parts like astromech droid parts so different colors, different styles. So you have the cone-shaped ones. You have the R2-D2 dome-shaped ones. Stuff like I that. don't think I'm saving enough money. <laughs> um, and you, can, and you, you build your own droid or whatever. And then you, like it's, you know, it's small. But I mean, yeah. you, can, you build your own droid and you can take it with you, whatever. Um, then there's a, like, I forget what they called it. But it's like a it's like a clothing and apparel shop. So there's like a First Order side and a Republic uh, or, uh, resistance. resistance side. So, of course, there's like jackets and pins. Um helmets um masks like you know stormtrooper masks stuff like that uh guns prop guns uh pants shoes belts with like gun holsters or whatever, stuff like that nice right? all that stuff's there um then we get to the exciting part which is Savi's lightsaber shop right so 
uh, they really detailed how that's going to work and function. So they showed off the all the pre-built lightsabers already, right? So like the Mace Windu, the uh, the Mace Windu, the Luke Skywalker, the Obi Wan Kenobi. Uh, they had the Jedi Royal Guard lightsaber there, and so the way they function is they function off smart LED, which is interesting. So the blade. Uh, I don't know if you have you seen the new the new things become popular with bladesmiths. Uh, no. So my lightsaber, the one that I built, the graphics that I've shown on the on the podcast before, the one that you actually had to connect the saber. Right. To. So you have to connect the saber to, um, and that's still how it functions. But basically, what it is is it's just a uh, it's an LED in the base that lights up this sh- this shaft, right? That's how lightsabers always worked in the past and like how all lightsabers, like high-end lightsabers work. So like if you look at the Black Series lightsabers that they make, that Hasbro makes, they're all one LED in the base. And then yeah. when you hit the button, it li- it turns on the LED and it lights up the whole the the whole blade. blade part, yeah. right? So now uh, the recent thing has been uh, there. It's it's been a blade that has an LED strip inside. So okay. you, and you plug it into the base, and when you hit the button, it activates the LED strip, and it's coded to where uh, it lights up, and like, then, and then comes, and then comes down. It doesn't just turn on and off. It like lights up, and then comes all the way down. So it, like it ignites the the blade, yeah. right? So that's how a lot of bladesmiths have been working, and uh, apparently Disney consulted with a lot of the bladesmiths, and so that's the thing that they've recommended. So now. Uh, the lightsaber blade is a plug that you plug into the base of the lightsaber and then you press the button and it's a smart LED inside and the whatever blade you have, whatever hilt you have, tells the blade what color to turn. Okay. That's so, cool. So the hilt will impact the color. Right. So like they put in the Mace Windu one and then purple. So you and just then, need one blade and you can and just you change took, out the hilts. Yeah, you took it out and then uh, they took the, the Royal Guard blade and then put that in and then yellow, right? Same hilt, same bl- yeah. same blade, but different hilt, right? So that's the way that it's going to function for Sabi's Lightsaber Workshop. For you guys who don't know, Sabi's Lightsaber Workshop is the uh, place where you can build custom lightsabers. So they kind of make it so it's like, hey, on Batu, lightsabers are bands because it's, owned, it's run by the First Order. But if you find a coin and you can go to Savi's lightsaber shop and he'll help you build a lightsaber in the old ancient ways, right? So that's the way they do it. Uh, it's going to start with you picking a crystal. So it's a kyber crystal, right? Which determines your color of your blade. So they showed off um, red, blue, green, uh, purple. And I don't know if there's a yellow, but there's a purple. And so you pick a you pick a lightsaber, a kyber crystal first, um, and then from there you pick out from four coins, or I think you get the coins to enter. Um, so the coins are there's four different coins, which means there's four different style of lightsaber that you can pick from. So it's peace and justice, which is like a lightsaber that is your standard Jedi fare. Um, Sorry, something from work. No problem. I had to check. Uh, and it's actually doing really well. <laughs> great. You get uh you get peace and justice, which is like a standard light, a standard Jedi thing. You have power control, which is a, a Sith thing. You have elemental nature, which is based more around uh like 
leathers and bone and sort you know wood and things like that uh, and then you have production and defense which is what i'm going to be doing which is they call it medieval which is more like the um it's a lot of golds and a lot of silvers and it's more like ornate so it's a lot of like etchings and carvings it's very old republic-esque nice um and it's designed so that's kind of they call it medieval but i mean when you look at a lot of the old republic stuff it is sort of that same design it, there's definitely like especially if you've never played any of the games there's the jedi are walking around and like basically the closest thing i can say is almost like the armor from halo yeah and <laughs> and so like the lightsabers look very ornate and very much detail oriented and, and intricate and so like that's the one that i'm gonna go for um so once you hand that to them then you you're given they showed a presentation they showed they have a uh they had a display tray of like the hilts and like your design choices. And so they had the power and control one on display, which is basically here's a, they have a basic hilt, which is like a, of course it's all metal, but it, it looks a lot like the plastic ones, but it's not quite that it's, it's all metal and they're heavy. Um, so you uh, pick from all these parts and you put it all together and then you twist and you put the light, you put the crystal in the lightsaber inside the lightsaber uh, compartment and you screw it back together and you close the top and you screw all together and that was what determines the color. The, yeah. It senses the color of the crystal or the nice. crystal has like some kind of encoding in it and then you put it in there and and ignite it and the color comes on, right? Um, from what I've read, it's a very emotional experience for a lot of people because they do do it in the very... Uh, Everyone who has visited Galaxy's Edge has basically admitted they cried on this. I'm basically... When they saw Millenn the Millennium Falcon, yeah. I am basically mentally prepared to have be crying like the yeah. entire time. I mean, I'm like, it, it is an emotional experience. And, like, a lot of people have said that Disney sold this idea from Harry Potter and the, the wand ceremony stuff. Um, but and they treat it like that. They treat it as a very big kind of uh, ceremonial moment yeah. when you build your lightsaber. So but it, who cares who who came <clears throat> up with it first? Oh no, absolutely not. And so like, but it is. I, I'm just saying in the sense of how they treat it that it is a very ceremonial thing. They treat it special, and you are uh, given your individual person to work with in terms of having them walk you through the process. It's not like it's an assembly line. Uh, they do make it very special and they take you into a separate room and really help you with it and, and uh, make it so that it's a special moment. And so they, yeah, I've heard it's a very emotional thing. Uh, they showed the bag that they give you. It's like a, uh, it's a sling bag that they give oh. you. It's like your, it's your shopping bag uh, that the lightsaber goes into. So it's like a, it's like a samurai sort of nice. um, belt case that, that it goes into that everything goes into also all of the rides have lightsaber storage on the side so just so you can so you can just stick your yeah so like because they obviously when you go there whether it's a plastic one or a re, or like one of the expensive metal ones 90 percent of the people that go there are going to buy lightsabers so that each ride has a lightsaber container next to you that is that is built to hold that so it's not in your way when I, you're riding God, everything about this place just makes me excited oh yeah and so the crazy part, too, is about this is the kyber crystal that you buy also plays into the park. So when you buy your lightsaber, obviously, you pick a kyber crystal. Uh, there's also holocrons that open up and you put the crystal into it and it changes the color of the holocron. And each one is randomized with a different character. So you can get like if you pick a blue crystal, you can pick you can get Obi-Wan Kenobi or Anakin Skywalker or like 
Kaimundi or you know yeah, what? they've basically flat out said that they haven't told us everything right it's basically you're not gonna know all the secrets right. until you go there and it's all randomized right so if I pick a green crystal I don't know if I'm gonna get Qui-Gon or Yoda or you know who I'm gonna get when I pick that crystal and then when I buy a holocron or any or whatever other uses it has in the park that character will help walk me through my story of whatever it's like, I, I I told you this before we started recording right one of the because they've already announced that the next celebration is gonna be at Anaheim next year right there's a part of me has been planning for a while to go to galaxy's edge like October because I, I want to go, and I want to go before episode nine, and this is supposed to take place between episodes eight and nine. So right. I, I'm like, oh, I have to go. The moment they announced Anaheim as celebration, That's I was just second like, time to go. There's a part of me that's half tempted to make it my first time to go, because it's going to be no, well. First off, a that gives me more time to save money. True. So there, that's a big plus there. Second, to be surrounded by the biggest of Star Wars fans, that's got to be an absolute. First off, it's going to be a zoo, right? But it's got to be an absolute joy because everyone there is probably also there for a celebration. True. But I mean, I would also say that to me, I want this experience. Like, as much as I want to be a part of the hype, and I love the hype, right? Like this is this is why I bought Avengers tickets on day one, right? This yeah. is why I go to movies on day one. This is why this is why I tried to get Avengers tickets, right? On day one. Like. Dude, my dad was like, why don't you sell those tickets? Because the tickets for opening day and Avengers go crazy high. Oh, I'm sure. And I was like, I don't want to sell. Like, to me, it's an experience of like, yeah, I For wanna... you, it's not the money. It's uh, For you, you, ha- you want to see it. Right. And I want to see it with a group of people that want to be there that's hyped. That, that I want to feel the crowd. For this. Meanwhile, I'm going to have to shut off the internet for three days. Right. For this, it is a, it's something where I want it to be almost like a spiritual experience. And it's going to be hard to do that with the hype and the excitement yeah. and so i want like i told jenny too and so she gets to go we, we talked about this earlier she gets to go for work uh her work does a like an employee night where they do they close off the park and and star Wars and for uh disneyland and they let you kind of just wander around alone so it's only a couple thousand people it's gonna be very few people uh i'm very tempted to like tell her that i'm gonna be doing my own thing in that park and like she can join me if she wants but like i'm gonna be i'm going to be experiencing that for myself and like in the way that i feel comfortable like it's not going to be a thing of what what do we want to do it's gonna be like no i'm gonna do something and you can come with me or not like it's not yeah it's going to be an experience that i want to have because like this is something that I've grown up with as a kid, and I know you're the we're, same way. We're both gonna right? basically like, if we both go at the same time, there's gonna be two adult men crying all over the place. Like I don't know, if you I'm, know what? I don't know if I'm gonna cry, but it is gonna be an emotional experience. I, I, right? I know, and, even if I don't cry, I'm gonna be like I like tear up thinking about it. Right? It's just like, and this and it's part of the reason why the Subby's lightsaber shop is like the most exciting part to me. Because the reason I got so I build lightsabers. As a hobby, like I do that as a hobby. I, I buy parts, I build them for people, I like wire them myself. I understand how they work. To me, like owning my own lightsaber with my own design has been like a dream of mine since I was a kid, right? Yeah. And so for me, having an experience of not me in my garage wiring up a lightsaber and like waiting for parts to arrive, but like having this experience of like having a jedi or, or, person or someone, like run me run through. me through it and like yeah, talk me through this entire thing and having like a ceremonial thing about doing it is like the part that gets me and like the part that i want to have 
as like an emotional journey. Yeah. Um, like I have a connection to Millennium Falcon, but like not like I do to a lightsaber. But not right? to a, same here. Like I think the Millennium Falcon is going to be more. It's less about oh my god, it's the Millennium Falcon, and more like holy shit, this is real. Yeah. And I can touch it. My Star Wars, is real. but definitely like because as a kid, like. That's the one I always thing you wanted, wanted to be the kid. Uh, you always wanted to be able to run off g- with a lightsaber yeah. and be the hero. And I can I can now run I can off and get a lightsaber. I might not be able to be a hero, but, but I, I can, have a lightsaber. I can go get my own lightsaber. Yeah, with my with something mine. That, with I design. Like no one else did this. I I did this. Yeah, it's. I can't wait. It's it's gonna be special. It's gonna be, it, and that's one of the reasons why I kept saying October. It's like I'm still I'm, I'm basically it's, it's like for, basically the I, fact that celebration is going to be happening then is made me put a pause. Right. I mean, if I were you, I would seriously think of just go on your own to experience it, and then go experience it with a group of people later. Yeah, it's it's a lot of money. Oh no, absolutely. <laughs> like, it is a lot of money, especially since I guess I and we've talked about this where it, like part of my. But I mean, the thing is the fact that you got to think of it this way, though. It's it's like a couple. It's like a hundred dollars. You would think a couple hundred. If you're not, if you're just going to go, like that first trip you go is going to be the expensive one because that's mm-hmm. when you want to buy merch and like do all the stuff. But I mean, the second time you go, you're just going for the experience and for the yeah. ride and stuff like that. It's like that's going to be a lot. Cheaper. So I should probably go before celebration at some point. But it just it made me sit there and go, oh, this is going to be a great use of my vacation days. Right. Absolutely. So yeah, it's. Like that might be a time for you to go with like your sister or something else. Yeah. Something like someone that isn't maybe as excited as you are. That's but like someone that you can that you can kind of relive your experience, your first time going with through their eyes and sort of see the excitement in their face. Right. Yeah. Exciting time. No, it's can't wait. Uh, Anything else on Galaxy's Edge? No. I mean, I'm going to show you some of these videos after we're done. Oh, yeah. I, I kind of need to – we've been going for almost two hours, and the only reason I'm kind of short is there is literally – I had some stuff for work. That I'm like, oh, it's going to happen at around two-ish. I, I'm like, oh, we'll be done way before then. <laughs> and now I'm just like, oh, God, it's happening it's a now. It's Star Wars day. And, uh, yeah. It's a Star Wars day. But uh, James, let's roll credits. Uh, if you liked what you saw, please like, share, subscribe, do all the fancy things on all the social media outlets. You can find us on Twitter, Facebook, and of course on Twitch uh, at Quality3. You can find Chris at Kid Liquid on all those channels, and you can find me at Studelmeyer on all those channels as well. Um, if you have any thoughts or comments, you can always leave, them, uh, leave us a message on Twitter or send us an email to feedback at quality3.net. But... Yeah, next episode, it's definitely going to be all Avengers. And because it's happening so close to May 4th, even though we can't make it work on May 4th, I think we've been talking about... Doing something. Doing something. I think the one thing for sure is kind of going through our breakdown of what we think are essential episodes of Clone Wars and Rebels. But other than that, let us know what your thoughts are, and we will see you guys in two weeks.